This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. tragedies in El Paso and also in Dayton, Ohio. So just before we get in the message, uh, let's lift up those cities. Amen. Uh, You know, people's lives have turned upside down. I mean, one moment they're just going about their life and the next minute, tragedy. And, uh, you know, so we want to be there and lift them up. Father, right now we pray uh, Father, especially for those who were the victims, oh God, the families uh, of those who were, who were killed, who were wounded in the shooting in El Paso and also in the city of Dayton. God, may the comfort of the Holy Spirit surround them, oh God. May your peace that passes all understanding uh, keep their hearts and minds. God, may their faith reach out to you. May their hearts cry out to the living God. Father, may the body of Christ in these cities rise up, oh God, in, in, in love and in demonstrations of love, oh God, to, to put their arm around these people, to reach out to them. Father, we cover them and surround them with our faith and our love in the name of Jesus. Jesus, God, we come against this violence, oh God, in our nation over these cities. We bind the spirit of murder and violence and hatred. God, we bind it in the name and by the power of Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you that out of this you will bring good. Father, pour out your spirit upon these two cities, upon these families, Father, and upon our nation. Father, let healing, let righteousness rise up. Lord, let it begin in the house of God, but let it spread throughout our nation, O God. Bring healing to those who are brokenhearted, O God. O Father, we pray it, the comfort of your grace and spirit in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Listen, in your prayer time, continue to remember and lift up these these cities, especially in the victims, their families. Uh, Tomorrow night, uh, just to remind you, we have prayer here at 7 o'clock. Of course, we'll be praying uh, for that, as well as praying for our schools and our school systems and praying over our nation. So uh, if you can make it tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, please be here. You know... You know, there, when we hear about these things and all kind of things that are happening like this, you know, uh, we, we, we look to our political leaders, and rightly so, and, and we look to, to, to different ones to solve this problem. But I'm going to tell you what, the church is a key and an integral part of being a solution for this. Because we know who, uh, as believers, we have uh, understanding from the Scriptures and insight that the Holy Spirit gives us. As the Apostle Paul says, we are not fighting against flesh and blood. And like I say, I understand that there are, there are political uh, solutions and things that, that might need to be done. But we know underlying it all, it's a spiritual uh, problem, isn't it? It's a spiritual warfare that we're in. And only the church is equipped to handle that. The politician cannot handle this. You know, they have their sphere and what they need to do, and that has its place. But I, only the church is equipped to deal with the spiritual uh, war that is raging in this nation. And if we don't rise up to do something in prayer, if we don't rise up in righteousness, if we don't rise up taking our authority in the name of Jesus and in prayer, I'm going to tell you, it's not going to get better. 
This world is in a downward spiral. By that I mean the world system. The world system. It's in a downward spiral. The only thing that preserves it is the presence of the Holy Spirit in the church of the living God. That's not my message, but I could preach it. Amen. So, if you can be here, understand if you can't, that's fine. But if you can be here, let's be here at 7 o'clock and pray. What's one hour a month to pray? Listen, if the church does not awaken... I'm not necessarily talking about Passion Church, but it does apply to us. If, if the church does not awaken, I'm going to tell you what. We will stand before the Lord and we will give an account. To whom much is given. You say, well, Lord, I didn't have time. I'm going to tell you what he's going to tell you. Well, you should have made time. Okay. He said, Pastor, that's kind of tough. I can't help it. That's what the Word says. Amen. <laughs> well, this month we're going to be talking about financial freedom. Financial freedom. Somebody says, well, Pastor, why do you want to talk about money? Because that's something we all deal with. Amen. Amen? We deal with money. And really, you know, money, uh, as we, and we're going to look at it in this study, even though we're going to be talking about money, we're going to be looking at, we're going to kind of pull the curtain back on, when, you know, because when we say money, we're thinking about, you know, our job or our paycheck or our checking account or, you know, or our indebtedness or whatever the bottom line is for us. But I want us to pull the curtain back and look a little deeper than just looking at my paycheck or just looking at my job. We want to look at it just especially this morning because really the root issues dealing with money go beyond, you know, uh, the paycheck we have in our hand or the automatic deposit that's put in your account. It goes way beyond that. Jesus talked about money a lot, but the reason he talked about it was because he wanted to look past the silver and the gold, as it were, and look at the heart issues that related to money. And that's really where the issue is at. Thank you for your enthusiasm. 1 Timothy 6, we don't deny the need for money, but we cannot allow it to usurp our love for God. We cannot allow it to become our focus and our source. This is where the issue comes in. And it's all about a heart issue. Can we trust God to meet our need? Or do we trust, you know, in the almighty dollar and allow greed to get a hold and get a grip on our life? You know, I found this out after, like I say, after 40-something years, you just kind of stumble on some things. I don't claim to be the smartest person in the world. But I'm pretty smart. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you, honey. But, but here's the one thing I've found out, is I've seen this in the body of Christ. We either, you've got one group that puts too much focus on money, and then you've got another group that puts too little focus on it. Listen, we need money. Nobody's saying that we don't. But we have to guard our hearts and our attitudes. 1 Timothy 6, verse 6. But godliness with contentment is great gain. That's the starting point right there. And we're going to talk about that this morning. What is your contentment level? I think that what's happened is, you know, uh, in missions, you know, I started out as a missionary, and in mission works, there, there's, there's a term they call syncretism. That is where the, you mix uh, part of the cultural things in a nation 
with the gospel. So you get a, an admixture in with it. I remember when we were in Bolivia, you, you know, right, I mean, the alley that bordered against the church right there, in that same alley, right, I mean, their booths were right up against one wall of the church. They were selling all kind of stuff for witchcraft. They had these, these little, uh, little God, little idols, ugliest looking things you've ever seen, and they would stick, you know, uh, they would put like a little miniature car stick to them or houses or money or something and you buy that thing and they, they, they put some kind of spell on it and then you go and you bury this thing at your house and it's supposed to attract all that to you. Before we laugh at them, how many Christians are, are looking at the horoscope? This is, this is what I mean. This is syncretism. And see here, we have in our culture now, most of us are not going out and buying, a, you know, an idol like that, a literal idol. But we have something here that we idolize. It's called the American dream. The American dream is, is that, you know, I got to have this big old house and drive this big old car and drive, have the latest fashions, the latest technology. I got to have this stuff. Because if I don't have it, I'm not content. Slipped that one in on you, didn't I? Godliness with contentment is great gain. Why are so many people in debt? Because, what? They don't understand this truth. They think, latest gadget and I'll be happy. I got to have, have them shoes. Oh, honey. Man, I was... Boy. Listen, there's nothing wrong with that stuff, but if you can't afford it, or if you're looking to it because it's going to make you happy, then you are living in a fool's paradise. He said, godliness, godliness, love from a pure heart, a clear conscience, and a sincere faith. That's godliness. He said, said, that's great contentment. For we can... We brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. What is the baseline that God is setting here for our contentment? It is godliness, and what? And we could say this, having our needs met. God promised to meet our needs, not our greeds. Boy, I'm telling you, I want to help you here, but we got to start at the beginning place. That's with our motives. Those who want to get rich, what does he say? They fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge, plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered away from the faith and have pierced themselves through with many griefs. Now, there's been a lot of debate about this phrase, the love of money. So what what is he talking about? What is the love of money? See, some people think the love of money is is that because I, 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 you know, I want to prosper so that I can take care of my family and I can be generous to give to others and support the kingdom of God. Some people think that's a love of money. 
But let's look at this word love. He said the word here, the word love of money, the root word for it, the closest thing we have in our language, uh, English language, is avarice. Avarice. And avarice means an insatiable greed for riches. I mean, you, I mean, you're thinking about money when you go to bed. You're thinking about money when you get up. You're thinking about money all through the day. Money, 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 money. Man, I'm telling you. You want to win the jackpot. You want to, you, you know, you want to get rich quick. You're looking for every kind of quick. You've got an insatiable greed for riches. Well, you're wanting to take care of your family and, and help promote the kingdom of God. That doesn't fall into the love of money category. Are you listening? It also means a miserly desire to gain and hoard wealth. Now, see, this, see, some people, the love of money, you know when you can really tell whether the love of money's got any kind of grip on your life? Offering time. Well, I knew you was going there, Pastor. Well, I have, and here I am. Amen? Because why do you not want to give? I might not get no more. I might need that money. Well, you better hang on to it, honey, because you probably will. Are you listening? We See, it's, the money issue is really a trust issue, is it not? It's about trust. Can I trust God to supply my needs? Can I trust God to take care of me? It amazes me that we're trusting God that all our sins, though they be many, are forgiven. And that God is going to take us to a place we've never seen, we've never been to, called heaven. He's going to do that when I die, but I can't trust Him to pay the light bill. Why did you, Jesus said, we, we strain at the gnat and swallow the camel. Which is the bigger thing to believe? <coughs> well, obviously the former. And you know, it's all about trust. And the only reason that the love of money can get a grip on our lives is because what? We have a low level of trust in God to meet our needs. Amen? Our contentment quotient. We're content. We've got to have stuff, we think, to make us happy. And that's what the Bible calls the deceitfulness of wealth. Turn over to Luke chapter 12. We're talking about financial freedom. Being free... From the love of money also sets us free from the fear of lack. Many, many believers live their life in a constant fear of lack. I might not have enough. I might not be able to pay my bills or I can't pay my bills or whatever it is. That constant fear of lack and it nags at them and it nags at them. And when God begins to speak to their heart about, uh, you know, giving to somebody else or giving to the work of God or, or, or in some other way uh, becoming generous, it's hard for us to let go because what? We're afraid we're not going to have enough. That's the deceitfulness of wealth, one area. How many times, uh, fill in the blank, have you ever heard this? Or maybe you've thought this. Or maybe you've even said it yourself. If I only had more money, I would dot, dot, dot. <laughs> See, we, we've got it. We've got, you know, when I, growing up, I used to hear my mom say this all the time. The cart before the horse. Yeah. Anybody understand that, you young people? In other words, your priorities are wrong, young people. 
<laughs> you need to get the horse before you get the cart. Because if you've got a cart and no way to pull it, what good is it? And that's the same thing with this. If I only had more money, I would dot, dot, dot. But see, we've got it all wrong. Because see, we're thinking money is the answer. Money's the issue. No, the issue is a heart issue. Because we think if I only had more money, what? I'd be happier. Come on. I'd feel more secure. Boy, I tell you, if you haven't learned anything yet, haven't we learned something about the world system? I don't care what, what kind of economy, whether it's capitalism, socialism, communism, or a mixture of any of those. I mean, one thing we found out, the economy is not stable, is it? If you've got any kind of investments, you know that, boy. I mean, you know, somebody can sneeze in China, and all of a sudden, you know, your stocks go down 3%. I, you know, I'm being facetious, but it's almost about that way, isn't it? I mean, it's, it, it's, we know it's the world system. It's that way. It's unstable. It's up. It's down. It's sideways. It's this way. It's that way. And so if your happiness and your security is tied to your wealth or to, your, to money or you, you think that way, I'm telling you what, you're going to be up and down and up and down. You're never going to have any contentment. You're never going to have any peace. You're never going to enjoy financial freedom. Because money is your God. Amen. It must be because when whatever it does affects your life. You, uh, you know, when you don't have enough, you're all down the mouth. and Amen. Come on. <laughs> Luke 12, have you found that yet? I'm going to read it to you. Verse 15, you're familiar probably with this parable. You know, one day a, a young man came to Jesus and said, uh, you know, uh, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Amen. Things haven't changed a bit, have they? Man, you know, families fight over money. Oh, my gosh. You know, got separate banking accounts. and My money is my money and your money is my money. I mean, your money is your money. Give me some money, honey. I need more money. Come on. No different here. A young man comes. Jesus, I mean, my brother got it all. Tell him to share it with me. Well, we know the kind and loving and generous Jesus was going to tell him to divide it up. Well, let's see what he did say. See, sometimes we put our own personification on the character of God. Thank you for that amen. Back in the back there, I heard that. Jesus said, man, who appointed me a judge or arbiter between you? Verse 15, watch out. How many of you know when Jesus says watch out, you need to watch out? <laughs> Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in abundance of possessions. That's right there in red. <laughs> that means Jesus said. When it's in red, Jesus said. Amen? And if Jesus said something, it's so. You might want to argue with Paul or Peter or Luke or something. But I'm telling you, when Jesus said it, that's the end of the discussion, isn't it? Be on your guard. He said, a man's life does not consist, your contentment level, your joy level, your peace level should not depend on your economic situation. That's easy for you to say, Pastor, you got plenty. Oh, good gracious. If I only had time. 
You don't know what it's like to have a tough time. Oh. <laughs> Holy cow. We could tell them a thing or two, couldn't we, honey? We could tell them how God's faithful. Man, I'm telling you what. I worked in a mobile home park, building mobile homes, so that I could do what God called me to do. Oh, you pastors, you get all that money in your... Yeah, well, that must have been that other pastor. It won't, won't this one. I can't tell you the things I've done so that I could be faithful to the call of God and do what he called me to do and be happy about it. I'm not saying that so you, oh, poor me. I'm just saying that so that you'll know, I, you know, I, I'm not talking from some lofty ivory tower place. But you learn to be content. God will supply your needs. He really will. He supplied my needs that way. I've shared with you before. There have been times we're on the mission field. People just send us money from a whole other country, a whole other continent. So there's been all kinds of ways. But, you know, here's the thing. We didn't let it rob our joy. We didn't get down the mountain and say, well, I guess that's it. I ain't serving God no more. I don't our life. And listen, you know, the time I found out when I really needed to remember this is when I was enjoying abundance. That's really when you got to guard your heart, when you're enjoying abundance. Man, when you got that nice home you were believing for and worked hard for, when you're driving that nice vehicle, when the bank account looks really good there, that's when you really got to remember these things and not let it get a grip and begin to think, okay, boy, notice what Jesus said. He gave a parable about this. He said, the ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. So he thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Oh, yeah. Man, now that I'm prospering, you know, I... I, I, I don't need a 3,000-foot house. I need a 6,000-square-foot house. That's the American dream talking. Yeah. Nothing wrong with having us. Don't miss out. If you live in a 6,000, we're all happy for you. But notice what this, it's all about motive again. What was this man doing? He was thinking, you know, all this extra is for me. It's all about me, Jesus. <laughs> bless me, bless me, bless me. Help me, help me, help me. And I'm going to keep it, keep it, keep it. I'm going to be stingy, stingy, stingy. That's not you, I know. So he said, I'm going to build bigger barns. And I'm going to store my surplus. And I'm going to say to myself, you got plenty. Laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. I mean, isn't that the American dream? We all want to reach a place to where what? I'm financially independent. That is a fool's dream. I said, that's a fool's dream. Anybody remember your history in 1929? Something happened here in the economy? Somebody said it. Stock market crash. Isn't that right? And it ushered in something that my mom talked about all the time. It marked a whole generation called the great. Absolutely. Do you know that there were people who had... Millions and millions and millions of dollars in wealth in one day broke. They jumped out of windows. They put guns to their heads because money was their God. 
It was their security. And now it's gone. That's the, the, see, because of the world system, the Bible calls it the uncertainty of riches. He said, but God said to him, you fool. Not because he had stuff, but because of his heart attitude. Let me get that over to you. God didn't mind that the man prospered, that he had this stuff. It was his attitude toward what he had, and, how, and that determined how he used it. He used it and looked at it in a greedy, egocentric way. My money is mine. And I don't know preacher telling me I got to give nothing. <laughs> This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who's going to get what you've prepared for yourself? <laughs> this is how it will be for, with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. Heart attitude. God don't care if you're a millionaire. I've said it before. I, I'd love for many of you to become millionaires, but not if it's going to destroy you. Here's the thing. If you can't handle a... If you can't give... And handle $100, you know, there's no use you saying, boy, if God had just give me 10000 boy, would I bless the church. No, you wouldn't because you won't give the $10 right now. If you can't let go of ten, you you're going to tell me you could let go of $1,000? No, it's gradual. Listen. God wants us to prosper. He wants to meet our needs. But listen, it's gradual. Wealth is gradual. And we'll talk about this. This is the way God wants us to build it up. Gradually, we increase our wealth. We learn, develop the right heart attitudes and characteristics toward money. Money is not our source. It's not our source of happiness. It's not our security. It's none of those things. It's not our source of contentment. It is a tool. That we need in this life. But in the next life we don't need it. That's why we don't carry any of it with us. So our heart attitude. Turn back over to 1 Timothy 6. Here's what I would like to ask you. What is your current contentment level when it comes to money? Money, 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 money. Yeah, I said it. What is your contentment level? Well, mm. you're unhappy because of money? You got a sour attitude because of money? Because you got a wrong perspective and understanding about money? Are you listening? Listen, debt is a great indicator of our contentment level. Now, let me at, make a little caveat here. I understand maybe, maybe you've had medical problems, health problems, issues, and that can hit you, and all of a sudden, boom, you find yourself there. That's not what I'm talking about, okay? But I'm talking about consumer debt, where you just had to have all this stuff, and you get in debt. And that interest is just, the little wheel is turning. And that interest wheel is turning. 18% and 21% 25%. I've seen some even, man, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. They're out there. They, they want your money. 
they will they want your money and they don't want you to pay that thing off oh no pay the minimum you're okay we're happy if you just pay the minimum it'll work listen a lot of that listen that that kind of debt that we get in is because what our contentment level is based on the wrong thing instead of trusting god to meet our needs and for him to build the wealth he wants to build in our life little by little, line upon line, and us learning to handle each new level of finances. We want to run out there and we want to have everything that the world system says we need to have so that we will be happy. We will be cool. We will, we will be in the in crowd. Well, I mean, if we're judging people based on where we live and what we drive and what we wear, how shallow are we? What did Dr. King say in his famous speech there in Washington? We're not going to judge people by the outward, in that case, the color of their skin, but by the character, the content of their character. Isn't that what he said? Words to that effect. Isn't that right? Well, it's the same thing when it comes to wealth. Credit card and consumer debt. We're going to talk about these later. You say, well, I don't know if the Bible talks about this. Well, I know it, but I'm telling you what, we're living in a day when we need to talk about it. Because it's, again, it's not the money per se, it's the attitude and our values and belief system that, that propelled us into that debt. And if that doesn't change, we can get up here and talk about, as you give in the offering, that, you know, it's going to be given back to you, good measure, pressed down, shaking together, and running over. That's true. But I want to tell you this. This is also true. When, when your outgo exceeds your income, it becomes your downfall. Amen. We lived in a, a couple of countries that had hyperinflation. In one country, 10,000% inflation. I could take a $100 bill of American money, stick it in my front jean pocket, and when I went down there to exchange the money, I had to take a small suitcase with me because the money had become so devalued. You know why? They spent more than they had. Well, I'm just, you know, I'm believing God for a supernatural. Well, listen, yeah, (laughs) good luck with that. I don't even believe in luck, but I don't know what else to tell you because you ain't got anything working for you but that. We need to understand that. Living beyond our means. It's because what? We're not content. You know, I can look back and I can honestly say, and I believe Cindy will agree with me. I remember when we first got married, we were on the mission field. We had, I mean, we're newlyweds and we had a single bed. Not a double, not our king, I got to have a king size, not a king size, (laughs) I mean a single bed, that's what we had to sleep in. (laughs) I see your point. (laughs) But a single bed, you know, and then, you know, we finally, we finally got up to a double size bed, but the problem was uh, the mattress in the springs, we couldn't stay on our own side of the bed. You can't. <laughs> Another cause for amen, right, brother? 
But you know, I mean, you got to sleep sometimes, even if you're newlywed. So it was, you know. But you know, all those times, and, and you know, and then when we first came off, we, we had a little apartment over there in Cloverdale. I mean, some of the rooms you couldn't hardly change your mind in, let alone change. I mean, they were small, man. I mean, it was little. But you know what? We were as happy. I mean, we had a little old black and white TV with a coat hanger for an uh, antenna. But we were just as happy. You know, now we've got a beautiful house that God has given us in the process of time. And, you know, we we're able to build and Cindy made it just like she wanted it and all of that. And we're thankful. But you know what? We're just, we're not any more content than we were when we were sleeping. And this is the thing I'm talking about. This is what God wants to get us to. That we don't, don't live beyond our means. Be content with what we have right now. Be faithful with what we've got right now. If, you, if you've got $100, man, thank God for that $100. And one of the best ways to do it is give God 10 of it. Honor God with 10 of it. You know, it won't be long before you'll have 200 That's just the way it is. Because what? Money won't have you. And you can be content. Did you know, how many of you believe that the Apostle Paul had faith? I mean, you know, you might argue with other people, but we think he had faith. Look over here real quickly. i got to close because we're going to pray over people. But, you know, money and wealth, because we live in the world system, it's an up and down proposition. Cindy and I have been there. We've been there when we had... uh, Nothing, and, and then next to nothing, and then we got something. <laughs> and then in the process of time, you know, we saw uh, the blessing of God. It, it increased and increased as we were faithful with it. But we, we know what it's like to, to be up and down because we live in a world that's up and down. And especially when it comes to money, probably more than anything else, because we have to deal with the monetary system in this world, don't we? This is why we keep encouraging you to listen, to, 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 to connect what you have to deal with in this current financial world to the heavenly kingdom. Because that becomes a stabilizing, the, the heavenly kingdom, which is eternal and unchanging, has a stabilizing effect on our finances that have to do with this kingdom, the world system. Are you listening to me? Because you could have a crash tomorrow and everything you got in the, in the stock market is gone. But if I'm connected, if I've got my life and my, my, my finances connected also not only in this world but to the kingdom, then there's a stabilizing effect that takes place. This is why Paul said, My God shall supply all of your needs according to and but see if you're if you haven't connected by faith and by trust in God by the the proper uh, use of your finances here if you haven't connected to God that way then man I'm telling you whatever hits the world is going to hit you honey the apostle Paul notice what he says here he said uh, in 4 and verse uh, 10, he said, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that you at last renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. He's talking about money here. 
I am not saying this because I am in need. For I have learned. I have learned. If Paul have learned, you must learn. What did he learn? To be content. Whatever the circumstances. Oh, boy. That's in the WRD too, just like Luke 638. <laughs> I know what it is to be in need. Now, we all agreed the Apostle Paul it wasn't a lack of faith, was it? He said, he, said, he said, I know what it's like to be in need. Even Paul, living in this world, he, his financial situation went up and down. Listen, I know, some, you know, sometimes in the prosperity message, we just think, man, I'm going to get so much money, it don't matter what. Well, how's that working out for you? That's not the key. That's not piling up rich. It is having your, your trust and your faith connected to the source. And that my money in this world, it is connected to the kingdom in that eternal world. That's why we encourage you to give in the offering, to tithe from your income. is because that is one of the chief ways, along with where your trust is, that you connect the finances of this world to the kingdom. To have that stabilizing effect because Paul said, I know what it's like to be in need. He said, and I know what it's like to have plenty. Amen, Paul. I've been there too. How about you? He said, I've learned the secret. Everybody say the secret. Of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry. Whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all things through Him who gives me strength. Now, how many times we quote that last scripture, but we're not, we quote it out of context a lot of times because He's talking about His financial situation. Isn't He? He said, I can do, He said, I, well, when I'm in lack or when I have plenty, He said, I can still be content. Why? Because I can do all things through Christ. God gives the grace that we need. When our trust is in Him. Now, if my trust is in money, oh my. When the money's good, I'm good. When the money's not so good, I'm not so good. When I got plenty, I might give God a little bit. But when it's tight, man, God's going to be the first one that gets cut off. I'll cut Him off before I'll cut off, you know, Spectrum. (laughs) Got to have my TV. <laughs> Nothing wrong with having your TV. I'm not saying that. Although we cut the cord, didn't we? No more cable. Never watched it, so why I pay for something I watch? Hey, Amen. But I'm just saying, you know, it's all about our heart attitude. Okay, let me close real quickly. You know, you can tell when your contentment level is not where it is because what? Uh, not only uh, debt, I'm talking about consumer debt living beyond your means, and complaining. I'm always complaining about my money situation rather than giving thanks. I'm complaining about the 90 I don't have instead of thanking God for the 10 He did give me. 
I know you probably, this, this wasn't what I was thinking about when you're talking about financial freedom. I thought you was going to tell us how we all going to become millionaires. <laughs> well, that, that's, that's that other church. Nothing wrong with being a millionaire. Don't misunderstand me. And man, I'd love for, you know, for, for, for you who have a heart for God and for the things of God to become a millionaire because I know, man, that's going to be a blessing for Passion Church. Because if you're faithful with the ten or the hundred or the thousand, you'll be faithful with the million. So I'm, I, you know, I, I don't misunderstand me. But you know, not everybody is going to be a millionaire in the body of Christ. God didn't promise you that. He said He's going to meet all your needs. And He said if you'll be faithful with what you got, and you won't let money rule you and greed rule you, and your trust is in God, and you're you're generous at whatever level you're at, you're generous with that. God says He's going to give you more. And also, when money is always my answer to my need, that's my first answer. I have a need, I need money. Money, money, money. Remember what I said, God's promise to meet your need, not your greed. Real quickly, what is your contentment based upon, money or God? Jesus said this, you can't serve money and God. Isn't that what he said? One's got to be number one. You can't, it's impossible to have two number ones. Isn't that right? We're getting ready for football seasons coming up. You'll never see two number ones. <laughs> There'll only be one, won't there? And that's what Jesus said about your money and God. He said, one of them is going to be number one. So what is your contentment based on? Do you think about money first when a need arises? And finally, do you need, do I need, do you need to consider changes in your lifestyle? Amen. Amen. You know, you see kids, you know, they get out on their own. They want everything, you know, that mom and dad's got. They don't realize it took them 35, 40 years to accumulate that. But I want it. Man, I want it now. Little by little, let God build it. Learn to be content. You're content what? Not because you don't have money. I'm content because I do have God. And if I have God, then He's going to meet, He's already promised to meet all my needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I could tell you time after time after time where we've proven that. And I'm sure there are many of you could do the same thing. But listen, let's make sure as we talk about financial freedom, free from the grip of money, free from the love of money, free from uh, thinking of money and elevating money to do something it was never meant to do. Bring contentment to the human soul. Wasn't meant to do that. Amen. Father, thank you that you're teaching us the proper attitudes toward the monetary blessing that you bring into our life. Father, help us to gain wisdom where we need it, to use our finances wisely, to learn to be content in you and not in our circumstance, not in our bank account, not in our bottom line, as the world calls it. But all that we need, we find in you. 
peace and joy, love, forgiveness, acceptance, purpose, value. Lord, deliver us from making judgments based on people's economic levels. But Father, let us love one another as you love, without prejudice. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, that we master money, and money does not master us. That is our cry and our prayer. Heads are bowed. If you're here this morning, you've never made Jesus Lord of your life. The Bible says that, that, that Jesus was delivered over into death for our sins and was raised up for our justification. And that whoever believes on Him will not perish but have everlasting life. If you've never called on Jesus and said, Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Savior. Forgive me of my sins. I turn from my way and I turn to your way. The way of salvation. The way of peace. The way of forgiveness. If you're here this morning and you need to do that right now, just call on Jesus. The Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. Call on him and you will be saved. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Well, today our... Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.